What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Mintz. And I'm Jordan Schusterman. And we are the hosts of Baseball Barbacast. And we are so excited to be back recording a podcast together Monday, Wednesday, Friday, for the 2024 Major League Baseball season. I am so excited for this year, Jake. Yeah, we are here with Yahoo Sports. Our time off of podcasting has weighed on me heavy. I've been delivering baseball takes to inanimate objects. So I'm rearing to get back to talking ball with my buddy. So join us on Baseball Barbercast. We're going to have a good time. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome to the Yahoo Sports NFL Sunday Night Freestyle. I'm your main man, Therese Palin. I'm here with my main man, Charles Robinson. Charles, what's going on with you, brother? I'm doing well. I'm doing a lot better than Mason Crosby or Blake Bortles. I can tell you that. <laughs> man, I can tell you. I was at the Chiefs-Jaguars game, and it got comical, man. You've been covering the league a long time, by the way. How did the deflected interception that just slipped out of his hand? <laughs> the bank shot? How, where does that rank? Where did, the bank shot pick. <laughs> where does that rank as far as like embarrassing like turnovers in recent NFL history? You, you don't want to erupt it it's, you know if you're covering something or you're you're a reporter or whatever you don't want to erupt in laughter at, <laughs> at something negative that happens but i i'll be completely honest with you i was like crying laughing and it, it reminded me when i saw the mark sanchez butt fumble and and i yes. tweeted that because i was just like this is the dumbest thing i've ever seen and not only was it the dumbest thing i've ever seen he he banks it off of an offensive lineman's helmet but if you looked had he missed the first helmet, he would have hit another offensive lineman's helmet, <laughs> which is like how bad that really was. Oh, and you just mentioned like if you're a reporter, you don't want to laugh. I was in the press box. There was laughing. <laughs> like it, it was crazy, man. Look, I got to be honest, man. That was one of the most ridiculous plays I've ever seen live, period. But in general, this was a pretty interesting game. It was fun to watch. I was there. And I, I can tell you this, being there in person, Charles, I understand why you picked the Jaguars to go to the Super Bowl. Like, I'm saying that even after watching Blake Bortles be terrible because, like, their defense, like, their defense is good, dude. Like, they're at, like, they play with, like, a lot of aggression. They get after it for sure. Um, but the, the thing that really I took away from was, like, look, the defense is great, but I was in the locker room afterwards, in the Jaguars locker room afterward, and, like, yo, those dudes respect that Chiefs offense, man. And these are, like, aggressive like real dudes man like Tayshawn Gibson even said like the road to the Super Bowl he's like typically it goes through Foxborough but this year it goes through here and I thought that was really high praise from like a really proud group yeah I don't think there's any doubt I mean you look Kansas City I don't know at this point I, I guess I look at Kansas City and I think like if Jacksonville cannot stop them defensively maybe the right. only way to beat Kansas City at this point is simply to to you know, beat them offensively. Like you just got to outscore them. That's yeah. how you're going to beat Kansas City. I keep looking at the the November 19th game against the Rams, and I feel like maybe that to me now is the is this where right. you know someone finally challenges them. But you know, th look, this game for Jacksonville, you got to be deflated because 
I mean, there are a couple of things mm. here. You talk about Bortles, absolutely bad Blake. I mean, it's getting to the point now where you could probably buy Blake Bortles Halloween masks, and that's scary. <laughs> you get him out of the scary section of the Halloween store now. I mean, like, that is how bad he is. But they're smart because they put Cody Kessler behind him. And mm-hmm. realistically, as bad as Blake is, you're not going to turn that team over to Cody Kessler. And I hate to say it for Jacksonville fans, and especially that defense, this is your quarterback because you can't cut this him. This is it. Yeah, he, you, you cut him. Say say you do, he's horrible this season or he does this up and down seesaw thing and you can't take it anymore. Are you going to eat $16.5 million in guaranteed nope. money this offseason? Because that's what it costs no. to get rid of him. And you know what? Here's the thing, like, I guess you do that if you say, okay, we're probably going to draft a quarterback in the first round after this year, and we'll give him like a year behind portals to like have to compete for the job. But like the NFL windows close, guys, because guess what? 2020 Calais Campbell is not going to be 2018 Calais Campbell, right? And look, you do have like a young core, but if I'm Jacksonville, I, I am worried that the, they haven't given themselves enough leeway here to kind of upgrade at the quarterback position while this core is still fresh and young. Because guess what? At some point, Jalen Ramsey's going to be getting paid too. Yep. And right now, he is he's on a rookie deal, but he's the best player on the team. So one other thing I'll say is that you know the the way to beat the Chiefs is with your offense. I think that's true, but I don't think it's with like trying to outscore them. I think it's by pounding the rock. Jacksonville, despite what happened today. Like, they still ran the ball, like, really effectively. Like, they still cracked 100 yards. And the only reason they didn't run it down their throats was because the Chiefs got off to a fast start. So, in the future, if the Chiefs face a really good team and they don't get off to this fast start and they can control the football on them, it's going to be a different game. So, keep that in mind. All right, Charles, moving on. We had the Rams and the Seahawks in a in a pretty entertaining game. The Rams won 33-31. Charles, I'm curious from you, man, is there anything that concerns you about the Rams right now? Uh, Marcus Peters doesn't look healthy. You know, I thought yeah, he's definitely not. Yeah, I, I thought there were a couple of plays um, where, you know, Tyler Lockett really took advantage of him. And I thought that, it, it, you know, he is a guy who will cheat. You know, you know, Mark, mm-hmm. he'll gamble. And oh, yeah, I think it's the athleticism of Marcus Peters that allows him to make up for that. You know, you can you can freelance a little you can be or be like a kill shot guy or whatever. As long as you if when you screw up in those roles, you have the athleticism to sort of get yourself back into the play. And there were a couple of times where he bit, you know, he bit on either um, play action or pump fakes. And, you know, he got caught and wasn't able to make up for it. So. You know, it worries me a little bit that he doesn't look completely healthy. But I I guess I walk away from a game like this, and I think that what Sean McVay ends up doing is he brings his team together, and he says, you know what, guys? We're not healthy right now. And, you know, we're down these guys, and we faced all these hurdles, and frankly, we're in a place like Seattle, which is not an easy place to win. And guess what? You just won. And you won in a hard game, and you won by gutting it out and taking some chances. So you walk away from this sort of – feeling better about your team than than you know if it had even been a blowout win absolutely i thought that the Rams showed a tremendous amount of grit in this game listen they lost brandon cooks they lost cooper cup to concussions in the game and they still won this thing they didn't have to leave like you mentioned peters peters is a four five eight forty or forty guy so like he's someone that can't like like it says it's his eyes and athleticism that allows him right. to take those gambles right charles but like he's one of those guys he's not Dion out there yeah. so like he can't be a four seven guy right. and take those gambles you know so like yeah the fact he's not healthy concerns me but i thought the the rams showed a lot of grit in a tough place to win i, I like the chutzpah 
Sean McVay shows, man, going forward, fourth and short. He, he's got this team on the right track. And if you're going to win big in the NFL, man, you better make sure that, you know, you have games like this where you persevere despite some obstacles. All right, Charles, moving on to another team that's going to have to persevere now, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings won 23-21. Charles, I'm going to throw it back to you, man. Is it time to start worrying about the Super Bowl champs? I mean, they don't look right offensively, and I think that, and I'm going to be writing about this, like I I think what's really interesting is the offensive line's not right. Like they're not. Mm -hmm. Lane Johnson's not playing well. Carson Wentz, go back and you watch this game. Just mm-hmm. if you want to know anything, you want the whole story of the game. Look at Carson Wentz's jersey. It was dirty. He got wow. hit. You know, I mean, this was a game where he got put down. He's gotten hit a lot and he's got sacked a lot since he's come back. Part of that's on him, but part of that's on the offensive line. And another thing, too, that I think I want people to keep in mind. I know we're all like, oh, it's this wide open offense and they're going deep whenever they want. The reality is the Philadelphia Eagles were one of the best rushing teams in the NFL in 2017. They are mm-hmm. not now. They're not running the ball. And that, that, I think, is part of the problem. I do want to drop one thing on you that's kind of crazy to me about this game. Minnesota obviously wins this game 23-21. But Adam Thielen, Adam Thielen has to have the craziest NFL contract for what he has produced. This guy is I know. the first wideout in, in NFL history to start a season with five 100-yard games. Not Jerry Rice, not Randy Moss, not any other guy. I'm talking the first wide receiver in the Super Bowl era to start with five 100-yard games, which is nuts. And this guy is in the second year of a four-year <laughs> $19.2 million deal. Oh, my God, he is underpaid. What a steal. What a steal. And one other thing that stands out to me, Charles, that I think – Maybe you've noticed this, but for, for the first time this season, I'm starting to see Eagles fans like wonder if they miss like Frank Reich and John DeFilippo. Yeah. Like I'm starting to see that on Twitter a little bit. And that's something we talked about in August, right? Because that was something we wondered about. Like, listen, when I when Doug Peterson was the offensive coordinator in Kansas City, the Chiefs like play calling is ambiguous ambiguous enough that they can call it whatever they want. <laughs> like Andy's calling plays, you know, the offensive coordinators, they can call it whatever they want. But there there were like games where like I kind of thought like Doug was secretly calling the plays. And those games always kind of feature like a lot of like deep passing concepts. I thought he made tremendous growth last year because, like, the Eagles game plan, it was wide open, right? But, like, there was – it was sound. They ran the football. There were short passing concepts, right? I, I, I need to see the creativity and variety come back to this offense a little bit because I'm starting to wonder a little bit if they're missing Frank Wright and John, just like these fans are. And I'll tell you what else. I You know, look, the NFC East – Look, man, the Giants, I know the Giants are one and four, but you're going to play the Giants on on a short week, right? And they did not Mm -hmm. look inept against the Carolina Panthers. They were by no means great, but they look capable of putting up a fight, especially on a short week. So I got to ask you. You know, you, you see the Giants and the, you know, the Giants beat the Carolina Panthers 30, or excuse me, the Giants lose to the Carolina Panthers 33 31. Were you, I mean, were you surprised that they showed some signs of life, especially in the wake of the whole Odell Beckham, I guess, just drama? <laughs> I'm, I'm not surprised they showed signs of life because I wrote a story on this a few weeks ago. Like, I think the offense has like some real tools to like be better than they have been, right? They've got a really good running back. They've got a stud receiver, a quarterback that's done it before, and a, and a respected offensive play caller in Pat Shermer. But speaking of Shermer, I think he's being tested. Our Kim Martin had a really good column on Odell Beckham's big Sunday, I guess I'd say. 
he had that interview with ESPN where, you know, he, he kind of dry snitched on Eli by calling out the deep ball accuracy and then the play calling saying the Giants were being out schemed. Yeah. He even said, I don't want to be held back anymore. Like this stuff is like, this is going to, this is a distraction. It is. And I think their new head coaches, Machismo, Machismo hashtag, is being tested. I really do, man. And it's up to him to handle it well. I think he did well, like, like in front of the cameras. But like we'll know if he whatever he did in the background really worked by how hard you know they keep playing in the weeks um, going forward. One thing that happened that really bothered me during this game, if anybody goes back and watches it, Sterling Shepard had an outburst on the sidelines where mm. he's hitting things, he's kind of losing it. Odell Beckham's kind of grabbing him, and honestly, it reminded me of bad Odell. You know, Odell overly emotional yeah. Odell on the sidelines. I don't know that you necessarily want that to start to rub off on any of your young players, let alone in that wide receiver room. And you're right, it can happen. That can happen, especially when, like, the guys don't even have to be a whole lot older than younger guys to, like, start influencing them. Like, that's real. Because if you let stuff slide for one guy, like, these are men who kind of expect you to, like, kind of at least be consistent with how you enforce rules. And it's just kind of like a substitute teacher when you got, like, a new coach Right, you're gonna see what you can push and where you can push these boundaries. The good news for Sherman is that this isn't his first time at this rodeo. Okay, he's been a head coach before, but you know he's got to—he's really got to instill some discipline in this team and not let this stuff go forward if he wants to be respected by the men in that room. Speaking of respect, I, I'm gonna give it up to Marvin Lewis, man. Like people <laughs> were willing—I'm serious—people were ready to like throw like dirt on that dude's grave, and look with with good reason. Like they were seven and nine last year. They'd been mediocre for like two years in a row. Okay. But the, right now the, the, the Bengals improved to four and one with a 27 17 win over Miami. And kudos to Marvin Lewis from my point standpoint. Charles, would you agree it's time to believe in Cincinnati? Yeah, I do. I, I think they're a good team. And I think that they've shown in a couple of games this season already that they can bounce back. I, I think back to when they played Indianapolis, I thought Andrew Luck was driving and they were going in and, and Indianapolis was going to beat Cincinnati. Obviously Cincinnati forces a turnover. They return the turnover for a touchdown, sort of a shocking way to win a game, but you know, shows some resiliency. And then obviously this one, you know, it's 17, nothing. And I'm sitting there like, what the hell is going on? Like I couldn't even, I mean, just to be down 17 nothing is bad enough, but it's crazy. I mean, late, you know, not late, but into the third quarter, obviously concerning. I, I look at Cincinnati, though, there's one thing beyond obviously some of the things they're doing defensively that I like. Mm-hmm. I think Joe Mixon in there really balances Big difference. Yeah, balances that offense and really is yep. has turned out to be a really, really good player for Andy Dalton. One thing I'll say, Charles, is like one of the reasons I like Cincinnati right now. Like, obviously, I went there in the preseason and kind of got to take the temperature of the team. But I think there's some good juju around the Bengals right now. Like, that that kind of comeback is the kind of thing you remember in future weeks. So you never really feel like you're out of the game, number one. But history's on their side as well. This is their best. This is since his best start since the 2015 season when they made the playoffs. Oh, one other thing I'll add. The defense sealed this game, right, with some late turnovers. They've done that the last few weeks, man. So, like, I, I I just like the way this is headed. They've got good momentum on their side. I'm excited to see kind of what the Bengals can do going forward, especially when they face the Chiefs in a couple weeks. I, I like that you bring up history because 
I actually have a team where history is definitely not on their side right now. <laughs> the Atlanta Falcons, I mean, honestly, since they lost the Super Bowl, since really they were up 28 to 3, I feel like have not been the same organization. And I mean, the the 41 to 17 loss to Pittsburgh was I don't know if it's a low point. It feels like a low point. I, I look at Atlanta. I don't understand them right now. I mean, at one and four, they're done, right? They're done this season. You know what I would say? I would agree, but let me play devil's advocate, though. During my years as a beat writer, I covered the 2015 Chiefs. Do you remember those guys? They started yeah. one and five yep. and ran off 11 straight, including their first playoff win in 22 years. Now, that was not normal, right? But I've seen it happen. And I'm not, I'm going to say one thing for Falcons, for the Falcons here. That Chiefs team in 2015 lost to four playoff teams in that early start. Mm -hmm. Well, the Falcons haven't really lost to slouches, mm -hmm. per se, here. They lost to the Eagles, who are 2-3, and three, but they're the defending Super Bowl champs. They lost to the Saints, who are 3-1. and one. We agree they're good. They lost to the Bengals, 4-1. We agree they're good. And the Steelers, who are 2-2-1, two, two and one, who you can't, like, you know, they're like the undertaker. You can't just throw <laughs> dirt on them. So, like, history's against them. You're right. But... I don't think like this is just like a, you know, giant situation or a, you know, like a brown situation from years past. Like they got a shot because they face some decent teams. The only thing I will say to come back at you on that is the Atlanta Falcons have defensive injuries and they don't have I, I would say that the Kansas City Chiefs who who pulled that off name their top three defensive players and they're all remarkably better than anything wow. Atlanta can roll to the table right now. That's a good point. That, yeah, that's a good point. What was it? It was Eric Berry. It was Just, Marcus Peters. Justin Houston. And Justin Houston. Yeah, yeah just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Derek Johnson, too. Derek Johnson, Johnson was back that season. Right. Johnson was awesome A renaissance Derek Johnson that season. I've never seen a 33-year-old guy have a season like that. He was amazing. So, yeah, good point, Charles. I, I respect that. Speaking about respect... Do we need to give the Bills like a little bit of respect? They pulled out an ugly one here. We saw this two weeks ago against the Vikings, right? They beat the Tennessee Titans 13 to 12 on Sunday. Ugly game, obviously, but hey, the Buffalo Bills are two and three. And maybe it's true. No one circles the wagons like the Bills. How many wins do you think these guys are going to get this season just by catching teams off guard who look forward to the week ahead? Well, I don't. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I don't care how they win. Like if the, if you win, you win. Like to me, if it's if it's <laughs> one point, if it's twenty five points, if you're if you're you know blowing up the Vikings when nobody expects it. But you know, let let's be honest. They've now beaten two teams that, frankly. I believe right. going into the game, you know, the Tennessee Titans are going to win this game. I believe that the Minnesota Vikings were the better team. But you're right. you got to have a little bit of respect for the Buffalo Bills because they've shown, honestly, some heart. And I think if this is a team that can continue to do this kind of – I think they're tough at home. So that's going to give them a little bit of a boost at times. If if this team let's say goes goes six and ten can manage to somehow eke out five or six I'd be wins impressed with, that. with Josh Allen yes I'm with you I'm impressed I'd be impressed with yeah. that the the Bills are just limited offensively with Josh Allen like I'm sorry like I know I'm not trying to like rain on the parade like I get it but like that guy is it needs to speed up his eyes and that's just gonna take time but I will say this for the Bills. I'm impressed with the fact they keep playing hard, man. Like, they got beat up last week by Green Bay, 22 to nothing. But they came out this week and played hard, man. That's a really good sign going forward. Yeah, I don't I don't have any 
I have no qualms with that. And, you know, to me, Josh Allen, you go 10 of 19 in a game and you throw for 82 yards. <laughs> <laughs> in today's NFL. Yeah, in today's NFL. In today's NFL. It's yeah, unbelievable. It's, it's like a, you know, stat line from 1950. I Yeah, I don't, I don't my, see them winning. My type of stat line. <laughs> right, right, right. right. <laughs> you know, I, okay, but, you know, since we're on anemic offenses, you got to get to the Green Bay Packers, you know, and, and Detroit Lions. Obviously, Green Bay loses Detroit 31 to 23. Green Bay's offense looked really poor before they kind of turned it on later in that game and, and caught up. But Mason Crosby, as if the Packers don't have enough problems with injuries, as if they don't have enough problems with, you know, maybe the play calling that, that Aaron Rodgers isn't thrilled with, Mason Crosby missing four field no. goals and an extra point is unbelievable. Listen, man, Mason Crosby's had a good career in this league, but you can't be a kicker in the National Football League while your teammates are out here hitting another man for 60 plays, risking their bodies and their minds in the future. You just can't be out here collecting that check that none of us will ever see missing four field goals. Like, you just can't do it, okay? And you can't miss the extra point either. You know, that's completely unacceptable. And... We just talked about a team in the Bills that keep playing hard, but I got to give credit to the Lions who keep playing hard. Like that, that loss to the Jets to open a year, that was embarrassing, right? That was, a, that was embarrassing, and I let them have it, right? But they keep playing for Patricia, and like there's something to that. I, I am curious from, from one standpoint, though. Do you think that, like, are you impressed at all by like this win by the Lions? Because like, Rodgers was still good. He had through three touchdowns, but they were missing a couple of their receivers. Like, what does this win say to you about the Lions? I don't think it matters in the ultimate analysis of things because nobody remembers who was missing in what games when you total it up at the end. For for me, you know, Detroit, get those wins any way you can. And I think really what matters for Detroit is discovering that they actually have a rookie running back who – Ooh. is going to be your centerpiece back and feeding this guy and riding him and taking a little something off of Stafford. There's one other guy, there's one other rookie that I know you're going to shout out here, the offensive lineman. Frank Ragnall's good. Yeah. I, I tweeted about Frank today. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. I'm not not a big advocate of, like, drafting guards high. I don't know. I'm just, not, <laughs> I, you know, it's not. I didn't like Zach yeah. Martin, you know, when the when the – Cowboys picked oh, him either, but he's you. just been an absolute anchor. So, but I, I do. I Where like, were you with Nelson? I mean, Quentin Nelson was different. He was different. Okay, I mean, okay. he was so dominant that it was it was different. But you know, Ragnow has been an absolute great pick for them. And I know I Minnesota Vikings fans are killing themselves because they're just like they wanted Ragnow so bad on that line, and the Lions end up taking him. But yeah, I mean, he's been he's been fantastic. I think Detroit actually their their draft is showing some kind of cornerstone yeah. potential. Yeah, it's about time because the last draft wasn't that great for Bob Quinn. Hey, Charles, moving on. You wrote a column last week about the new overtime rules. And guess what? The Cleveland Browns went to overtime for the third time in five games, and they won. <laughs> Unbelievable. The Browns improved to 2-2-1 two, two and one with a 12-9 win over the Baltimore Ravens. But I'm going to... I'm going to just hand this off to you and let you <laughs> go on Charles's rant corner because it, it really is one of those things that gives me life. So go ahead. Well, and this goes right into my wheelhouse because you're right. I did write a column about this and I did say that, you know, this incentivizes not necessarily winning in overtime. If you're in a position where you're risking a win or a loss, you'll take the tie. But beyond that, I mean, look. It was a it was all field goals in this game, which is horrible. And you and I are gonna I know we're gonna argue about this in the podcast later in the week, where oh, yeah. we talk about wide open offenses and what it does to the league. But I'm gonna say this right now: it's a horrific game 
when you uh-huh. end up seeing a 12 to 9 score and it's all field goals. And you know what would have spiced this game up is if when you went what? to overtime, you handed the ball to the offenses at the 25 <laughs> and well. said, ring it up like a pinball machine, just like they do in college. And all of a sudden, a terrible game would have been that much more exciting. I'm ashamed to say this, but part of me, and this is nothing personal to the Cleveland Browns, I was sort of praying for the tie there because I could finally say, <laughs> see, three ties in one season. This is horrible. Let's nah, change nah. this crap. There's nothing wrong with like rooting for yourself, man. Like You got to do that. Start there. Um, one other thing I'll mention, though. There's no scenario in which I want to see Joe Flacco throw the football 56 times. <laughs> like I'm so, like he threw the he was 29 or 56 this week. I'm sorry. I don't want to see that, okay? Like I'd rather see him hand it to like Buck Allen 56 times Ugh. and Flacco throw 56 times. Uh, we'll get to that though. We're teasing a podcast in the middle of the week. We're gonna have a good argument about that. Uh one other thing I'll say about this game before we move on, Charles. I'm enjoying the Mayfield Browns, man. Like, that dude plays with, like, an advanced kind of, like, internal clock. His footwork's great. His arm, like, it, it, that dude knows what he's doing. Like, some quarterbacks just have the look of, like, they know what they're doing. Mayfield has it, man. And I can't wait till they get out of those horrific clown uniforms and put on, like, the Jim Brown uniforms. Like, the Browns are going to be fun to watch um, pretty soon here. Also, they hit on their first... The first, the second first round pick in Denzel Ward, yeah. he was great too. Three, yeah. inter- three interceptions this season, man. Like, I like where Cleveland's headed. Yeah, Denzel Ward's been absolutely fantastic. I'm going to use that, though, to segue into a team that has not been fantastic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Chargers beat Oakland 26 to 10. Oakland is pathetic. They're one and four. Oh, my Derek God. Carr Whoa. had some throws in this game where I was just like, man, this is not going to end well if he does not you know, find some consistency in his game. I want to talk about the Chargers here. I want to ask you about the Chargers. But seriously, Oakland is one and four in the new Gruden era. This is like a train wreck, right? You know, I mean, not for Gru. I mean, Gru's got a 10-year, $100 million deal. You know what I'm saying? Gru's straight. Like, it doesn't really matter uh, for him. Uh, but no, it is a train wreck. I feel bad for Oakland fans, man. I just feel bad for those dudes, man. Like, look, again, you guys know by now, I live in Kansas City, whatever. I've covered the AFC West thoroughly. Like, one of my favorite trips is to Oakland, man. And like, a big reason why is certainly not the stadium, which is trash, even though it is football. It's the fans, man. Like, Raider fans, like, really care. And like, not only are they losing their team, but they don't even get like the two years of competitive football before that, that they were supposed to get with Gruden coming back. Like, that stinks. And that's really unfair. They traded Khalil Mack. Like, if you're going to rip the Raiders from Oakland again, like, the least you can do is, like, try to win the Super Bowl the next two years. Like, be competitive. Like, you don't just sit up here and trade Khalil Mack. Like, the Raiders, Charles, like, if you keep Khalil Mack, what, that's a 7-9 and team or something? 8-8 eight and eight maybe? Right? But, like, they went ahead and they traded him, man. I'm not trying to be on a rant, but, like, like I'd be pissed off about that. I'd be really mad because they, they owe them competitive football the next two years. And what's happening to those guys is not fair. Yeah, I mean, I'd definitely be pissed. Look, I I don't I think there are a lot of reasons for Oakland fans to be upset right now. And we're going to continue to see that play out. But look, the, let's at least say something positive about the Chargers. <laughs> the The sad little Chargers above 500. Nobody wants to respect them. Everybody's talking about the other team in L.A. And yet you got the Chargers that are above 500, three and two. And frankly, I think to do this without Joey Bosa, pretty impressive. Yeah, I agree, man. But now let's move on to New York for a minute. 
Charles, you talked earlier in the week about how Denver can't be happy about Case Keenum's performance. Well, once again, you got something to talk about because the New York Jets and Ginger Jesus, Sam Darnold, beat the Denver Broncos 34-16. Charles, what's your major takeaway from this game in Case Keenum? I mean, it, it's spinning out of control right now for Denver. I, I think, like, it, mm. Denver, I think you have to now start to look at – we're getting to that stage. We're starting to talk about certain coaches and – question whether certain guys are getting the job done and I think Vance Joseph I just don't know how much longer John Elway's going to sit there and be patient when you're starting at two and three but then not only are you starting at two and three um, you've just got key pieces of that team that aren't performing for you and you're a defensive coach and look what's happening right now you're you're getting housed by the Jets. And not only are you getting housed by the Jets, you're getting housed in in like every possible way. You got long touchdowns being scored. The running game was, I mean, Isaiah Kroll, 219 rushing yards. I know, he was awesome. Yeah, I, I think Vance Joseph's got to be a little bit worried right now. Hey, and Charles, let me ask you this. You're really wired into Denver a little bit. I'm, I'm really curious to know from your standpoint, like, is that fair? Like, are we sure he's got like everything he needs to be successful? What do you think? You know, I can only say that when I talked to him and and I felt like in the past he's been pretty honest with me. He definitely felt he did when the season started. And he okay. felt Case okay. Keenum was, you know, he told me, look, I last year it was That's always important. hard to feel like you could legitimately be, be a winning team without a quarterback. And he didn't have to sell Case the way that he did. I didn't prod him to sell case to me, but he really mm-hmm. told me, I feel like this guy is the difference maker. Obviously, you know, Keenum had a pretty good game against the Jets, but you also have to throw a bazillion times to try and stay in that game. I just think to me, if the defense starts to fall apart, that's a whole other animal that's a problem. Speaking of a whole other animal, the Arizona Cardinals have a win. We, I think we were, we were debating whether or not the Cardinals <laughs> could actually win a football game. I think you were just asking me, like, are these guys going to, are they going to win a game? Well, they answered you pretty quickly. They beat the San Francisco 49ers yeah. 28 to 18. And hey, you know what? Uh, Josh Rosen's first win as a starting quarterback. Yeah. He wasn't great though. 10 to 25, 170 yards. But you know what? It doesn't even matter. The Cardinals are not like a good team. They just they need to put that W up so they don't have a Cleveland season. I could see them getting the three wins this year, you know. But they've got just they've got a lot of holes. That's a team that just kind of needs to go through their rebuilding process. Period. They got a new coach. It's gonna take some time. I actually think San Francisco is more interesting because they're a team a lot of people had like maybe even winning the division or at least making the playoffs. Now they're one and four after this loss. And I'll say this. I think this is their, like, San Antonio in 98 season. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, David Robinson gets hurt. They get a high draft pick and ends up making it. I think that's what happens to these guys. This season of of when they're going to win, like, four games or whatever does little to, like, hurt my optimism for what Kyle Shanahan's building there. I love the designs of his offense. I think that there's some talent on the defense, even though they're not good. I think they're going to be okay. And I think they're going to be better after this upcoming draft with these high picks. I would not sell stock on the 49ers, even though this is about to be a four or five win season. I'm fine with it as long as it's a season where you're finding some pieces. And I, I look around that Absolutely. roster and I see some of the things that are happening right now with guys like, you know, Matt Breida and, and Kittle. They're finding some pieces. Yeah, just, so that's what yeah. matters. Kittle's a good hey, listen, I know this. He's in my super league, know, right? Yeah. Kittle's a good <laughs> Kittle's good. And like Bethard's gonna throw him the football a lot. And I have Breida too. <laughs> <laughs> so a little shock I'm caping for the 49ers. All right, listen, guys, we appreciate you listening. You know, Charles and I appreciate it, but 
I also want you to go the extra mile for us. Please rate and review the podcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Give us the five star. We really appreciate it. Let us know you listen. That's how we know you listen. It takes, what, 10 seconds, Charles? 15 seconds? Rate and review us. Take care of us on Apple. You can find me on Twitter, at Therese Paler. You can find my man C-Rob on Twitter, at Charles Robinson. Also, make sure you follow the Yahoo Sports NFL Twitter handle to stay up on all your latest news happening in the National Football League. Uh, look, we're going to be back on Tuesday night to talk about the Saints and Skins on Monday night and also Dallas and Houston and way more fun things. So, Charles, say goodbye to our listeners. Goodbye, and if you can kick a ball, make sure you get your resume to Lambeau Field tomorrow morning. <laughs> you don't think that uh, Crosby's going to be around on Monday? <laughs> uh, I think his locker's cleaned out. So, <laughs> All right, we're getting out of here, too. Thanks for joining us. Peace. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.